Welcome to the intersection of Black culture and horticulture with your girl, Cola B. Talking. And guess what, y'all? We black in the garden. You have arrived at the intersection of Black culture and horticulture with your girl, Cola B. Talking, hostess with the mostest of Black in the Garden. Soil cousins. I'm coming back to that. I'm coming back to that. We have reached yet another milestone in season two of Black in the Garden. And of course, I'm thrilled. You know, I'm excited and I'm so happy to have your ears. And it's happening. Y'all are, we all are soil cousins. And that's so important that I literally, it took me a minute to start recording because I was like, we have all these terms. We know soil sisters, botanical brothers, planty peeps. That's all good. But that's a lot to say, to address the whole crowd. So I'm just like, no, the the respective collective of listeners here have now been dubbed the soil cousins. And I'm so excited because you know, you know what happens after we figure out exactly how this is going down. Then we can make sure that we get our t-shirts together. We can make sure we get information. That's going to be lit. So Soil Cousins, you are welcome to Black in the Garden. I hope that you enjoyed that quick little bop to our intro. Shout out to Johnny Ill. Ill sounds in the building. And I am so glad that you too are in this respective building. Building being in your ears. Because that's how you consume this podcast through your ears. Thank you for lending those to me. Random question. How do you respond generally? How do you respond when your phone rings? I'm asking you that because I'm, I'm getting to a point, which is me, myself, personally, when my phone rings, I want to say 75% of the time, I literally can hear the whiz when she's singing, don't nobody bring me no bad news. Like I literally, <laughs> because I'm like, please just know none bad. Okay. And I'm pretty sure most of us can relate to that because, you know, we're just trying to get through the days, these days with these days being the type of days that they are being different and, you know, stuck somewhere. If you're stuck, my heart goes out to you. Um, listen, just breathe, just breathe. I don't have any profound advice for you. The reason why I asked the whole question about how you respond to when your phone rings, getting into the whiz and not wanting no bad news is because I'm not keeping up with it because the way that my mental health is set up, I just, I couldn't get into it this week. So I want to say this is a two-way street. Can we have a two-way street? Like, can I teach you a few things sometimes? Maybe put you on to a few things. And maybe you put me on to a few things. Is it? Am I allowed to ask y'all to like help me learn things? Why not? So you know the email address. It's blackinthegarden at gmail.com. And I'm just, I'm just setting that up because I'm like, yo, if you feel like it's something that I missed, if you feel like I should have known this, 
then just send me a link in my email and I'll be happy to check for that. No spam. No, no foolishness. Y'all don't play. (laughs) Don't play with the email box. Let's be nice and, and be fair and be teaching each other because I too like to learn things. And speaking of learning things, I was, listen, we have a really fun episode coming up. Not just fun, but like all the things, inspirational, enlightening, educational, everything that you need. I've, I'm pretty sure that if you just stick through the whole way through, through the whole interview, you're going to be blessed. Gems were dropped, okay? Wisdom words were spoken. You know what I mean? We were doing all of the things that happen on really good podcasts because we're doing a really good one. I like to believe that that is what's happening. And I know that you would only be listening because you believe it too. So that makes two of us. (laughs) So a little bit more about Soil Cousins. It's very simple. Like I said, I literally just was like, yo, how can I streamline this thing? What do we all have in common? Definitely the soil, like if nothing else, the soil. And there's kinship here as us being a family and building community. That makes us soil cousins. And of course I had to go and kind of check around on the search engines. I know words. Search engines. Just try to say it fast and you're going to do the same thing. Just try it. Try to say search engines fast because I'm leaving that in there. So I say all that to say that when I was doing that little search, I didn't, I didn't really see anything popping with that. So we're going to make it pop. And because that's, that's us. I'm excited about that. So yes, soil, soil cousins welcome, but it's more than just something cute to address ourselves as we're talking about identity here. We're talking about, we come into this interview with Christopher Griffin, the plant queen who so many of us adore. And we get straight into the interview. This is not a spoiler because you're you're literally about to hear it. It's not a spoiler. I'm not spoiling anything. But I felt like I came in kind of hot because we went right into pronouns. What do we call in ourselves? How does that work? And me, it's always, for me, it has been important as a host, as a person who is thoughtful and concerned enough to be inclusive because that is just the way that I live my life. So when we're talking about botanical brothers and soil sisters and the binary and not wanting to be limited to that because we know that we exist beyond binaries. So I'm like, Hey, plant, planty peeps. Don't worry about it. No big deal. So that makes three. And it's just like, nah, Nobody should ever feel othered. How about that? So if we're all as one, then there is all inclusiveness. Isn't that so kumbaya? You got to love that. So I appreciate you for just rocking with me on that because that is the depth. Like we are deep in this soil, cousins, y'all. And I'm glad that we got, I'm glad that that is how that worked out because there's one other thing that I want to mention before we get into the interview, which is... Well, point, point five. One of the things that I was wanting to get into, I decided, you know what? Nah, taking it off the table because it just doesn't fit the mood. We're going a bit festive here. 
we're we're getting there. We're about to get into this interview that I'm super excited about. One of the things that makes it very special, considering where we're at right now with, you know, things being weird or whatever. <laughs> I'm trying not to use the P word because y'all hear it everywhere else. Come on. I'm not doing that. I'm not doing it on this episode. Maybe I'll say it next time. Maybe I'll say it at the end. Who knows? Either way it goes. This show was uh, recorded. This episode was the interview. You know, I mean, because they're segments. We put these things together. I put this thing together and there's different parts for different times. But, you know, production, whatever. Long story short, I say all that to say this, that... This was recorded back when things were different, all right? Back when we we knew of a different way of life. And you can tell by the excitement and the enthusiasm in our voices and the, the underlying enthusiasm that you could tell is bubbling up with the expectation that all of the things that we were looking forward to were definitely going to come to be. So it's just interesting <laughs> knowing that this is pre now and hearing how that sounds and and that being something that we get to enjoy because it is special. It's like it's been preserved in time. So you feel me? Am I getting too am I getting too sentimental? I don't know. I do that sometimes. But hey, here we are and we're about to get started with the Black in the Garden interview of the plant queen, Christopher Griffin. Thank you all for joining us. Before we go any further, I want to take a moment to talk about Black business. And you know, it's come to my attention that many of my listeners are first time podcast listeners, which is really dope. So let's just take a few seconds to make sure we understand how we can support podcasts. This one in particular gives you an opportunity to also support black business, such as my fave cocoa and seed, which is a wonderful black business owned by a fantastic black woman. I can vouch for her myself. She's dope. All right. And what she has for you on today are a few things. You can get some mugs that you can get customized. Yes, that means you can put your name on it. Okay, you could even put your boo name on it or your Monstera boo. Just just a hint, just, you know, just some inspiration for you. You can get a rose gold propagation station to get your, your plants going. You know, you want to multiply. You want to get more plants, obviously. You need a propagation station. It's beautiful. Wait till you see the website. How are you going to get to the website? Through the affiliate link. That is the most important thing. That's how you support the black business and the podcast. You see how it comes together? So this is what you'll do. The link is in the show notes. Or if you want to write this down, Linktree spelled L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E forward slash black in the garden. And that is how you get to the website so that you can save 10% on your purchase at Cocoa and Seed because you're definitely going to be particularly interested. If you're anything like me, you'll be particularly interested in getting yourself an a self-watering hydroponic planter kit so that you can get your microgreens 
or your herbs popping, listen, it's up to you. But make sure you use the affiliate link so that you can support Black in the Garden, support Cocoa and Seed, get 10% off. You just did a thing. You should feel excited. All right, so we are here today on Black in the Garden with a special guest, the Christopher, the plant queen, the plant fluencer and plant plantrepreneur extraordinaire. And I am very thrilled to be able to have this conversation with with her today, because we got to get into these pronouns on watering. Hello, baby. hello, hello. Thank you for joining us. Of course. No, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, and as far as pronouns go, I use he, she, and they. So you can say he, you can say they, you can say she. Feel free to mix it up. It's all love, good. Yeah, that's dope. I, I love that you are just like super fluid with all of that. So we'll just get right into that. When did you get to the, the point where you were comfortable with not just the he and the they, but also the she? Yeah, I mean, I think um, it has you know, taken uh, various steps for me to get to a point where I feel comfortable exploring different aspects of my identity. And so mm. actually, I don't think, I think I've always used um, she as a, um, I don't know, a fun term between friends and, oh, hey girl, what's up, what she's up to. But um, I don't think I started seeing that as a valid option until actually I started Plant Queen. Um, and it was a way for me to like embrace my feminist and explore creatively, but also in a way that I was engaging in self-care for myself. And so I was like, yeah, why not? Why not use he, she, and they as a person who loves to explore the fluidity of gender and gender expression? So, so yeah. That's I'm exactly. also long-winded, and I'm a storyteller, so when I get when she gets into these little moments, she has a moment. <laughs> okay, I, no, I love like just reading your captions and the way that you describe everything. Everything that you do and talk about sounds exciting. It's like, dang, I wish that I was there. <laughs> yeah, so I'm just I'm letting you know we see you as a storyteller. So that definitely comes through. And I'm glad mm. that you also identify as that. Storytellers are some of my favorites. I was raised by a storyteller. My mom, oh my gosh, she tells the best stories and she's never met a stranger. Do you know someone like that? Wow, wow, I do, my grandmother. Right, and so your connection with your grandmother and also just going back to where you're from and where you were born and raised. Mm-hmm. Where is that? It's uh, Philadelphia. Yes, I was uh, West Philadelphia, born and raised. Hey. Most of my days. <laughs> <laughs> Are we going to do the whole thing? <laughs> we could, if you're up to it, you know. West Philadelphia, <laughs> born and raised. We're <laughs> the playgrounds where I spent most of my days. Hey. Around the racks and lacking all cool and some shooting hey. some b-ball outside of school. There were a couple of guys. They was up to no good. So what? I moved to around my neighborhood. I got in one little fight. My mom got scared. <laughs> <laughs> I love this. Taking me back. Taking me back. <laughs> I love, okay, you know what is so dope about you singing this song? It's, it brings up something that I wanted to ask you about because there was mm -hmm. the, the, the dudes on the, on the b-ball court that were giving him trouble. 
as you were coming up as the young plant queen, not knowing that you were there yet, knowing, Mm -hmm. well, I'm not sure how you identified when you were younger, but did you experience any kind of like feeling othered or feeling bullied or anything like that? Um, you know, it's interesting. I do think that there were some moments of bullying, um, but I, I grew up in a household with my, my mother and my father who really allowed me to explore uh, different aspects of myself, especially how I wanted to show up in the world. And so even if there were moments of bullying, I knew that I was blessed and lucky to have a home to go to where I could you know, share that with them and they would give me the love and support that I needed to make it through those difficult times which yeah. is not the reality for a lot of LGBTQ youth. And so I was really blessed and lucky um, to have parents like that. Um, but no, I mean, there was definitely moments of, of bullying. Um, and I think it, it's, it's a journey to be able to find one, the word to describe how you feel, and then two, find a community um, to share those words with. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, that has taken, and I mean, I think exploring different aspects of your identity, that's a lifelong process, right? And so um, the words that I use to describe myself right now weren't words or I didn't even know existed as possibilities um, five, four, three, you know, years ago. And Mm -hmm. so I think it's just like a, it's a continual um, learning process, growing process, healing process. Um, So, yeah. That's beautiful that your parents were so accepting and it's dope that you have the self-awareness to know and just the experience that I know that you've had with your, your, um, your friend groups to know that that was more the exception to have that Mm -hmm. kind of acceptance by your parents. Um, there's this one podcast that I like, I'm not sure if you've heard of it. It's called Afroqueer. Yes, yes, yes. I've heard of it. I've heard of it. Mm Mm-hmm. It is so dope the way that they tell the stories. I mean, this is not even based in America. This is based in Africa with the LGBTQ experiences of uh, people, you know, basically across the diaspora, essentially. And so Mm -hmm. I love that that is something that exists that allows for more representation to be present, especially, you know, over there, I can't imagine because I know that homophobia yeah. in Africa is like wild, ridiculous. And so that leads mm-hmm. me to another question that I wanted to ask you about acceptance in the black community. It's dope that you had that, that acceptance from your parents, but have you mm-hmm. noticed the difference between the way that you're received by whites versus blacks? Ooh, child, yeah, that is an, that is an everlasting conversation. <laughs> um, <laughs> Everlasting. Um, and, uh, I, it's, a, it's an interesting, um, it's an interesting topic um, because yeah. I do think there are moments when, um, you know, the Black community are stereotyped as um, being more aggressive or more homophobic. And so I, when, I, when I have these conversations, I really just try to go through more of just like what I've experienced, right? And so mm-hmm. it's interesting. I think that homophobia, um, racism, 
femphobia, uh, all those things exist in whatever pocket you go into, right? Yeah. And so I think when I, I, I was blessed to go to undergrad in Philadelphia, um, where I grew up. And so when I started to explore my queer identity, I was blessed to already have had a community of queer people of color, queer and trans people of color, um, mm. to help me through going to a very white institution. Mm. And so, you know, there were moments and, you know, we all code switch because, you know, that's what we have to do to survive, right? And yes. so I think there were moments when I was on campus and there were certain aspects um, of myself that I would just not be able to prioritize in the space. And um, typically that was my, um, my race, right? My yeah. blackness really wasn't seen um, in that space. I'm also light-skinned, so like light-skinned privilege comes into play as well. And so, and also um, creates a certain level of accessibility to white queer spaces. So it's that yeah. dynamic. Um, but I felt like in those spaces, while I was able to, um, while I was able to, so while my race, my blackness was erased, I felt like I was able to explore my gender expression a little bit more. So I was a little bit femme, I was femmer in mm -hmm. white queer spaces. Then when it came to black and uh, brown uh, uh, queer spaces, I was seen as a, you know, black queer person, but I probably wasn't as femme in those black and brown spaces. So, I see. And I think, you know, so I think it's like just different aspects of your identity. When you go into a particular space, you're going to prioritize um, certain identities in that space, right? You're going to know which identities you can lean on or ones that you can explore a little bit more based uh, on the space that you're in. And so I think there were, you know, while I may experience, um, you know, racism in the white queer spaces that I explored, then sometimes I would experience like transphobia or femphobia in like the brown and uh, black spaces, right? But I just want to, it's, 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 it's difficult, right? And, yeah. not all, and not all spaces that are black, um, brown and queer are femphobic or transphobic, right? But some of those spaces that I would go to, I, you know, I may, I may have experienced those um, different types of isms in those spaces. Yeah, and I appreciate you so much for breaking all that down for us and doing so in the most eloquent way and not out here trying to bash on anybody and saying, well, they didn't accept me, fuck them or anything like that. It's just like, keeping it all the way real about what your experience has been like. And that sounds exhausting mm -hmm. <laughs> to have to go from one space yeah. to another <laughs> and be switching it up. So that just makes me kind of wonder, like, did you kind of lean into plants as your, your space of respite? Like, how did you get into plants just to connect everything? You know, this is Black in the Garden. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and so I think... Um, after uh, graduate school, so right on after undergrad, I went to grad school and got my master's degree. And the identity that I always held on to the most was being a student, right? Mm. So that was something I guess I cling to um, throughout my entire um, educational experience. And so when I graduated grad school, I was like, wow, this is the first time where 
I don't have any benchmarks that I need to meet, right? Like I'm not going, there's no next level, right? Now I get, I really get to dictate what I want my experience in the world to be. And so that was just a really scary, scary time. And so um, I think when the opportunity to, you know, invest in plants, I really fell back to my grandmother who was like the, I mean, she was the original green goddess in my life. And so yeah. Uh, we would go on trips to nurseries when I was younger, and she just lit up. She was, it was, she was a, a beautiful black strong woman who Aww. was, I don't know, just a, when she was among greenery, she truly was a goddess. And so um, I remember um, when I was moving into a new space with some roommates, and the apartment was just set up for plants. And I was like, you know what? I've been like looking for something for myself, um, a way to re-energize myself with just myself. I'm an extrovert, so I get a lot of energy from other people, but I was like, I need to be able to rejuvenate myself uh, by myself. Yeah. And so um, got the, uh, so I said, I got one plant. I went to Home Depot, picked up a plant that was struggling. And uh, I was like, if I can make this plant live again, thrive and grow, then this may be a journey that I, I may embark upon, right? And so the plant just started growing. I still have the plant um, to this day. And um, it was a marble uh, pothos, uh, marble queen pothos. And um, yeah, so that it turned into a journey where I was just really just with myself on a little adventure. And then it just turned on to um, sharing that experience online, realizing that it was a very white space, you know, like, I need to put myself in front of the camera. All right, I'm putting myself in front of the camera. What are some ways that I can, like, make this funner for myself? So I'm going to explore my gender identity and my gender expression wow. through this lens existing in plant. And then with that, community building started happening. So I started connecting with amazing folks who were also exploring their identities and what it's like to, you know, be a nurturer and nurture the nurturer within you. So... Yeah, it's been a journey, girl. <laughs> I, listen, I love the way that everything is connecting. That's, I'm particularly curious about this struggle plant that you picked up because you, that's not the natural choice of a first plant is the struggle plant. So I think mm -hmm. that that is particularly fascinating about how you got introduced. Did you identify with that plant on some level or you were just like taking on a challenge? I mean, I had, so the, the Marble Queen Pathos is one of the most, well, Pathos in general are one of the most resilient plants, right? And yeah. so I didn't necessarily know that going into it. I was like, oh, this plant is cute. It got some fancy little leaves. It looks mm -hmm. like it's struggling. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get this plant. Um, but then as I saw that she was growing, I was like, hmm, actually, let me look up the name of this particular plant. What does she actually need to like survive and grow, you know, um, even more, right? And so that's mm -hmm. when the research started occurring. And yeah, so now the first thing that I do when I see a plant, I try to figure out its name. And then I try to see if I can provide it with the environment that uh, would allow the plant to grow. You did. You, you made that thing pop. Like you really got Miss Pothos back on her feet again. And that is your <laughs> longest held plant. How long ago was that when you got her? How, how old is she now? Um, well, I'm, I've had her for four years. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm assuming she's a little older than that, but she's been with me before. <laughs> a true lady never reveals. <laughs> hello. <laughs> hello, hello, hello. <laughs> and I feel like I've seen this, uh, like, kind of, how do you have her situated? Is she strewn, strewn about your, your space? Oh, you just moved. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so I, I moved and she's in, um, she's in a new spot now. Um, okay. But... Yeah, she, I just have her uh, trailing along the wall and uh, my little plant nook. And then I also have cutting um, in my bedroom and in the bathroom. Hmm. Okay, so you, she's taken care of. Was she like the first one to move? I guess we can transition into the, the transition talk, really, because moving with plants, mm, yeah. I imagine, is stressful. Please help us understand how you did so <laughs> and made it look effortless. Yeah. Ooh, child. Yeah, it was not effortless in any way, shape, or form. Um, I actually secured my new place at least a month before the end of my old lease. Uh-huh. So literally had one month to slowly um, get the apartment together. And so I kind of just picked the days that were the warmest. I would just like plan ahead, be like, all right, it's going to be 56 degrees. I can start taking some of my succulents and cacti over because I know they can, can stand the cold a little bit more. So I was strategic about when I would take certain plants over. Wow. Um, and then I was blessed. I was uh, blessed for the day that I actually moved. It was, it was, it was terrible for the environment, but it was great for my plants. Um, it was like 70 degrees the day I moved. Um, and that was, in, <laughs> that was in January. That was in January. That, okay, that was one of those days when global warming was just like, we're here for you, sis. We're just going to Yeah, you. like literally. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, really, though, I was like, this is terrible for the environment, but honey, my girls are going to be good. Yeah, the green girls. The green girls are going to be good. How did you come upon the green girls name? Because everybody who keeps up with you, which I imagine is pretty much everybody who <laughs> this, how did you come up with <laughs> Green Girls moniker? I, I honestly, um, I think I was just talking about watering my plants. I don't know. I always refer to them as my girl. And then I'm a fan of alliteration. So I was just like, hmm, Green Girls, Green, green Girls. Girl. And so it kind of just, it, I'm also a fan of Golden Girls oh. <laughs> with Betty White. That explains yeah. a lot. Yeah, so that show, for what it was at the time, um, yeah. was very interesting to me as a, a, a child growing up. And so, I don't know, I was just like, Golden Girls, Green Girls, Green Girls. And then I that became you. No, we love it. You know, we, we all live, we all stand when you start talking about them Green Girls. And many of us also have adopted the hashtag because, you know, everything is a hashtag these days. So it is mm-hmm. all good. I mean, that is the the range of your influence as a plant fluencer. Um, when you got started <laughs> with, with all of the, with the, with the struggle, pothos and all of that, did you imagine that once you started using Instagram that you would get to a point where people are just like living for you as they are? Um, no, not really. Um, <laughs> I don't know. It's still, I'm, I, 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 I truly enjoy the experience of social media and the bridges and communities um, I've been able to dive into and the people I've been able to connect with. Um, 
but to be completely honest, I mean, like this, the plant queen um, journey was really me just like just sharing my joy. I was just like, Aww. I just want to document this. And if folks want to come along for the ride. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I just look at it as opportunity to just build with with folks um, yeah. and for new experiences and opportunities. Um, but yeah, social media is really interesting um, to me in a lot of ways. Isn't it? When you say interesting, I feel like there's some tea involved. <laughs> I'm not even trying to get into no dirt or nothing like that. But what I would like to know is, have you been uh, contacted by someone who had a particularly touching story of how you've had an impact on their life? Um, I mean, I, there, there has been um, individuals who... Um, I don't know, Phil, I think that to see another, um, to be able to see yourself um, in another person and mm -hmm. whichever way that may be, um, I think is a beautiful thing. And so I think there's been, I don't know, I think social media is a double-edged sword, right? So I think there are um, benefits to social media in which it just allows us a, an avenue of communication that is just, you know, uh, limitless in a lot in a lot of ways, um, mm -hmm. but I think it also can create other phenomena where we feel lonely or we feel unseen, and so like it, social media is is very interesting. Um, yeah. But I do think there are um, existing unapologetically is mm. uh, is risky, right? There are risks that comes with you know navigating the world um, in that way. And so I think for me, social media has been a place for me to explore that um, with, with others, um, but in a way that's safer for, for me, right? Mm -hmm. um, and so it's, it's, it's tricky, it's tricky. But I think the folks that I've been able to connect with um, are friends that I simply can't be without. Um, and so I'm, I'm truly blessed to have, you know, connected with all the folks that I've been able to, to, to connect with, um, throughout this entire experience. I, I totally feel you on that. I'm like really old school slash OG when it comes to social media. I really have been using it since MySpace for like more than like 10 wow. years. Yeah, me you too. I mean? Me too. Yeah, and, MySpace. I remember it. Yeah. And I have some some friends who I've seen like have actually met on MySpace and now have like children and married and stuff. It really, it really is a trip to see what happens with those connections. So, mm -hmm. I mean, that's dope that you have made some deep connections. Um, so I'm just raising my hand like, Hey, yep. Same. And <laughs> I'm trying to keep my train of thought because I was going to ask you about, okay, the pros and the cons of influencership plant influencership like what's what are some of your least favorite parts of it i feel like people probably are trying to get your attention all the time i imagine um i i feel like i don't know the term influencer i i i would prefer maybe like community builder or or something like that um it's i think that that term is interesting but you know it means different things for um different people it does. Um, in terms of the pros, I mean, 
you know, it's it's fine when brands want to reach out and they're like, hey, do you want to like partner with us? We got some coins for you. You can, hey. you know, try this, you know, try this product and make some fun content and we can pay you. So, you know, as long as that company is, you know, in good standing and, um, you know, operates on the same morale as I do, then I'm like, let's do it. <laughs> okay, now you're so, getting, yeah, go ahead, I'm sorry. <laughs> No, but I, I think that's been the fun aspect of it, right? Being able yeah. to um, be creative and trying different experiences. Um, so I think that's been fun. Um, the con. Joking, you're cheating. Yeah, I'm trying to. I mean, I think there are, you know, a lot of, I get a lot of messages and, and I also work full time. And so this is truly something that's like a hobby, something that I do for fun, um, something that I get joy out of, right? So yeah. I never want it to feel like a job or anything like that. I don't want it to feel like a job. This is a creative space where I can explore multiple aspects of my identity while connecting with people and then also just creating space um around my experience with my plans um and so i think when it gets to the point where i don't know like you have over 100 messages and it's, it's i feel bad because i can't get to every you know like i can't get to everyone or respond to everyone i would love to and want to yeah. but i'm also just very aware of my energy and where i spend it and you know, I have survived, you know, to this age by being very intentional where I spend my energy. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it's interesting. But I mean, I like connecting with people. And um, I like sharing my energy. I'm an extrovert. So, you know, I love sharing energy. And so um, I enjoy, I think that overshadows um, any cons that would, would come um, yeah. with this social media experience. Um, so yeah, I yeah, I totally get it. I mean, you're, you're, you get your energy from interactions with people, but at the same mm -hmm. time, you are very conscious of how you are preserving your energy and recognizing that you just don't have it for everybody who wants to give it to you. So mm -hmm. at the same mm -hmm. time, you recognize there's a demand there for your attention but you're just like, you know what? I can't get to all y'all. Totally wish that I could, but I can see how you kind of make up for it because you just post this bomb content and everybody can feel like, I feel like he's talking to me. You know, I really feel like when he starts talking about his experiences or getting to the, you know, the plant shops and all of that, then I'm feeling like I'm a part of that journey. Hmm. Yeah. So yeah, I, I mean, I'm just saying I, myself, I feel it with the, oh, the prancing, the heels. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just, it just gives me life. It, you know what? Speaking of the heels, what was that experience yeah. like for you to figure out how to even stand in the mugs? Because I, myself, <laughs> I struggle. Ah. Um, uh, you know, actually, um, the first pair of heels I ever wore, um, were the sandal kitten church heels, um, oh. that my grandmother had. Um, and so my grandmother was a church woman and, you know, black church, honey, is a fashion show. 
Oh, so, yeah. You know, Ooh. she was, I mean, she was just decked down. Um, and so I, that was actually my first pair of heels that I ever wore. And yeah. um, I mean, my grandmother loved seeing me wear those heels. So, oh, uh, that's, that's what's up. Yeah, so that was like a, a beautiful experience. A lot of my grandmother allowed me that space. Um, <sighs> but I think I wore my first pair of heels in public. I think when I was studying abroad uh, uh-huh. in England, no one knew me. And I was like, well, she can get away with a lot here. So I'm going <laughs> to try to switch it up, honey. So I switched <laughs> it up. And then I came back to the States, honey. And uh, she was wearing heels ever since. I was like, you know what? I'm actually pretty good at this. Yeah. And it's fun, it's experimental. And so, yeah, I think, yeah, since 2011, I've just been wearing just various heels. Um, yeah. Came yeah, back and turned it out. Hello. <laughs> I've been living, though, because I remember there was, a, there was one particular video where you did this kind of like crisscross hop thing. And I was like, whoa, wait. <laughs> That looks like you know, it took she be practicing, you know, you be practicing. Oh, Chile, I just, I shout out to you <laughs> for being able to pull that off. So I, <laughs> I appreciate that. I wanted to, <laughs> do you mind telling your grandmother's name? I would love to just speak her name. She is just, yeah. she, it sounds like she had such a, a dope influence on you. Um, her name was Andrew Griffin. Andrew Griffin. Oh my God. That is literally my daughter's middle name, Andrew. Wow. Oh, my God. That is amazing. And it's actually a mixture. It's a combination uh, coming from uh, her father and myself, uh, women who were influential in our lives. We actually, like, combine that to come up with Andrew. So that was a little bit freakish. Wow. Yeah. I'm through grandma Andrea. We just didn't know how much she was gonna move us. Oh my god. Oh my god. So, wow. Yeah. Oh my goodness. But I, I just I appreciate you huh, sharing all of that. I love how you basically you went from loving the plants, getting this pothos popping, and then where did you go from there? And then you started to get into the plant, the green girls. And then you started sharing on Instagram, also getting more familiar with your yourself and getting more comfortable with how you identify and people Mm -hmm. just really resounding with that. And it, you know, just getting you to a point of plant fluencership. I'm just going to say it. I know that might not be your favorite, but that's, that's what it is. (laughs) And then getting, getting hit on by some brands and getting to make some coins that transitioned you into uh, plantrepreneurship. So do you see the progression? You see that? You see how I connected it all together? I'm listening. <laughs> come on. <laughs> come on, storyteller. Hello. I'll be trying Take to keep the journey. Yeah. Laying down the map. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We just, I feel like Dora the Explorer. We just have to get from one point to the next. And you Hello. absolutely, but going back to what you said about being a community builder, I feel that. That is very real. When you are having mm-hmm. a very, uh, when you're resounding with people and they're all able to come together and kind of kiki with you and enjoy everything that you're uh, putting out to them, then yeah, you're definitely building community because this intersectionality, listen, if you're not building mm-hmm. community at the, at the intersection that you're at, because you know, Black culture, horticulture, 
you here at the intersection of black, queer, femme, loving all the things. Hello. Hey, Hello. Yeah, you know, we're all about that. So that is so dope. And I wanted to ask you, just, you know, get ready to wrap things up. Um, mm-hmm. With you connecting with your, your feminine and considering the concept of mother nature, do you feel like there's some kind of connection between how you were drawn to plants as you were exploring your femininity? Um, yeah, so I, I do think that um, this space and exploring nature and gardening, um, one is to obviously pay um, homage to my grandmother who allowed me space to you know, further embrace the femme that I am, but then also just mother nature. Um, mm. I think there are so many things that we can learn about just nurturing, I don't know, just nurturing a plant. I just think it takes patience, um, it takes intentionality, it takes grace, um, mm. it takes a certain level of selflessness. Um, and I think all the things that, you know, you can do to help a plant grow, if you can turn around and do that for yourself, I mean, like, come on, right? Hello. Um, so, yeah, so, yeah, so, yes, I do think that there is a, a very obvious um, in a, uh, connection uh, between just Mother Nature and um, exploring what femininity means to me, what, you know, femme means to me, because femme could look so many different ways. And I think that's yeah. the beautiful thing about the queer and trans community. We define for ourselves who we are, no matter what word we may use. Um, we are, you know, creating our own realities. We are um, choosing those words and defining those words and redefining those words for ourselves. Um, and, and so, yeah, yeah. And just being bold and, you know, you, it really takes bravery because the way our society is set up, it's not always accepting of it. And it's just, ugh, it could just be trash. Like, let's just say it. <laughs> no, it is. It is. No, it really is. It really is. Yeah. And so what I've, a connection that I drew, I remember, I don't know, just a few months ago between the femininity of nature and you mentioned, I love that you mentioned femphobia earlier in the conversation. And mm-hmm. I made this connection between how nature and you like, we also talked a little bit about global warming and how there is a, a very much masculine energy that kind of dominates the world. And it's very destructive mm-hmm. towards nature. Is that something mm-hmm. that you, you could kind of identify with me as well? No, I I agree completely. I think patriarchy is uh, rampant and insidiously ingrained in society in multiple, multiple ways. Um, And so, yeah, I agree 100%. Yeah, yeah. I I thought that you would feel me on that because I just, once I recognized that, it really, oh my God, you're talking about the light bulb coming on. I was just like, whoo, I need to get my sunglasses in here because that thing (laughs) hit me. And, you know, like, Another thing that I've noticed uh, once I started getting more into like growing my own food and getting into just being very nurturing towards plants is it makes you feel more connected with nature in a way that makes you feel more like you want to advocate for nature in general, which I guess that kind of 
brings you around to environmentalists. Do you identify mm -hmm. as environmentalist on, on some level? Yeah, no, um, I do. I think that conversations around sustainability mm. um, is a tricky one to, to navigate. Um, I think that, I don't know, I think it's also just like a, it's a level of accessibility of knowledge, right? And so, you know, are there um, compost bins and uh, majority black and brown neighborhoods, right? So like, what does it look like? How easy is it for, um, you know, depending on where you live, how easy is it for you to recycle? Do you have those resources available to you, right? That's so I think that's, that's a, a conversation. Um, your city just is doing the plastic ban. So I think that's a step um, in the right direction. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, no, I think that, you know, taking care of plants has made me aware of, uh, you know, what I'm putting into my body, what mm -hmm. kind of products that I'm buying, how much plastic or waste am I producing? Um, because I see what nature, how beautiful nature is and how resilient it is. And so you can only, um, you know, want to learn more about how you can just do better for the planet when it's creating all this nature that's really helping you grow as a person. Um, yeah. So like Mother Nature has provided me with these amazing plants. And so I feel like it's only respectful um, to make sure that I'm doing whatever I can do um, to help the planet. That's what's up. Yeah, that that is exactly, I'm right there with you. I know it can be challenging. I know that there's a lot mm -hmm. of crying and whining going on right now with the plastic ban that you just mentioned, because it's like, we are kind of ingrained to depend on it. You know, it's like you go in the store, you get that bag, you, everywhere mm -hmm. you go, there's, it is being pushed in your face. There's been times when I had to, art, girl, having to argue with the cashier about the fact that I I don't want it, or I don't want you to double bag it. You know, it's like, <laughs> y'all chill. They'd be mm -hmm. like, look at me like I'm crazy. <laughs> so it just... No, it's it, real. It's real. I think it's, it's changing behaviors. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, that folks are just really used to. Yeah, so I, I just, I appreciate that you, you know, you are a scholar at heart, like you said. And so you are not just looking at things at face value. I know you're definitely a critical thinker. So just everything mm -hmm. that we've been able to discuss today has been brilliant. Just as, just as I expected, you, you definitely came through and delivered. <laughs> <laughs> so I appreciate you no. so much, Christopher, Plant Queen. How can we find <laughs> you? I feel like there's a product that you have, or are you ready to let us know more about that? Like, what what all do we need to do to keep up with you and, and support you? <laughs> um, yeah, yes, yeah. So um, I'm mainly on Instagram, um, yeah. and that's Plant Queen, K-W-E-E-N, you know. Um, so follow me on Instagram, um, and I as I, I enjoy being able to build with the folks that I love. And so um, a good friend of mine has um, like a little candle company um, and he's focusing on making sure that the candles are sustainable, good for the environment. Um, and so we created a little plant queen candle um, that we actually make together. So it's like a little night, we'll have some wine, we'll make candles. 
Um, and then we donate a portion of the proceeds to an LGBTQ um, organization. Look at this. That's dope. Wow. <laughs> so I'm imagining the link to that is like in your bio, essentially. It is. It is. Yes. The link is in my bio. Hey, I love that. That sustainable candles. And then you're like hand making them while you're drinking wine. So because I'm very much <laughs> candles and, and the energy and all of that. So I love it. I definitely will be making sure I get me one of those. And that's that's pretty simple. So you're like, hey, just find me on Instagram. Uh, do you have any aspirations to kind of branch out to any other social media or are you just going to make sure the girls can see you on the gram? <laughs> um, I um, really want to do more video content. Um, so I may hopefully maybe looking into like maybe a YouTube situation um, but that's for the future. I'm just letting it come as, you know, opportunities arise. But um, I'm, I'm really happy right now where, where things are, the folks I'm able to connect with and the conversations like this one I'm able to have with folks who are doing amazing work um, is satisfaction enough. Aw. Well, we, ugh, we love everything that you're doing. Uh, we definitely are happy and excited to be a part of the Plant Queen community. And once again, I appreciate you so much for participating and, and just making Black in the Garden that much more lit on today. <laughs> and I want to wish you love, light, and soil. Love, light, and soil. Yes, 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 yes. That was such an amazing conversation from a simpler time, of course, with a fantastic guest. And like any other episode that I have produced for you, when I listen back to it, when I'm editing it, when I'm listening to it, I do it myself, y'all. I'm listening and I'm like, yo, this is my podcast. As in, this is the show that I wanted to hear. This is the show that I set out to create for myself. It does feel a little bit strange <laughs> to create something for yourself and to consume it. It doesn't feel the same as it does for you, I would imagine. But I say all that to say that I am just having a very grateful moment for the ability to be able to contribute positively to my culture and to the planty space. And I appreciate you for supporting and being a part of that. So yeah, this is episode five. Season two is going pretty well, if I do say so myself. And if you've listened this far, I always mess with you. <laughs> I always mess with the soil cousins. I'm like, if you made it this far, then that means you was really listening. You in, you in. And I appreciate you so much. All the links that you need to support the podcast are in the show notes. There are ways you can support by uh, going through Anchor to do so. That link is in here. You can support by becoming a patron, and I'll talk more about that in upcoming episodes. And there's, you know, support and also share. Also, just listen, you know, download, upload, subscribe, leave an Apple review. I got to start saying that more. Leave an Apple review. It makes such a difference. Shout out to those of you who have already done so. And I think we've done everything we need to do here on today. You guys... Keep it simple. 
keep your eyes on your plants because you got to check them for, (laughs) you got to make sure that they don't get no infestation on them (laughs) in all honesty. But really we want to look at our plants to give us that peace that happens when we pause with them. And I hope that you are getting lots of peace and taking lots of pauses, as many as you need to. And I'm Cola B. Talking. Appreciate you so much. Love, light, and soil, y'all. Peace.